Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Hello, and welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is Justin Corum, Senior Director of Partnerships at PayModex here at Bottomline. And I'm super excited to host today's episode focused on how to get AR into the automation mix. Now, you might be surprised that today's focus is on accounts receivable rather than accounts payables. After all, AP Automation has been the star of the back office show for a few years now, helping banks and companies of all sizes become more efficient and move away from the expensive and hard to secure paper check. It's time to add some balance to that equation and give the AR side of the house some well-deserved attention. To help me do that, I'm joined today by Nick Babinski, who is Senior Vice President and General Manager of Bill Trust Business Payments Network, or perhaps better known in the market as BPN. If you're not familiar with Bill Trust, their mission is to lead the digital transformation of AR. Its cloud-based software and integrated payment processing solutions can simplify and automate B2B commerce, a subject that is, of course, near and dear to the hearts of us here at Bottom Line. Nick is responsible for the growth and commercial performance of the network, as well as the success of the businesses that use the BPN to transact with their trading partners. Welcome, Nick. Thank you, Justin. Excited to be here. Glad to have you. Nick, as I said in the intro, there's two sides of the house when it comes to accounting and back office systems. I've been closer to the AP automation side as of late, and I've seen clients go from manual processes that are expensive, draining of personnel resources, and lack the proper security to embrace all the benefits that automation provides. But as you and I both well know, the buzz right now is all about balancing AP automation with AR automation. It seems to me that part of the reason that this is out of balance is because the lion's share of the revenue in the form of interchange, of course, and that resulting investment has been on the payable side of the house. Not to mention the incentives that are in place for our customers here at Bottom Line, the buyers, in the form of rebate. So this, combined with the advent of virtual cards being sent via email, has certainly propelled businesses on the AP side of the house, such as PayMode, forward. But it's almost as if the success of automation on our side has created unintended consequences on the receivable side. So Nick, my first question to you is, what do you think's caused this imbalance? Yeah, it's a great question, Justin. And from our perspective here at Build Trust, I think what we've seen is historically, you know, innovation, automation, digital transformation has occurred in many other parts of the business, typically around sales, CRM, you know, marketing automation. And over time, we've seen more focus on the back office, right? And when you look at uh, AP in particular, we're seeing that opportunity to generate revenue, rebates, incentives. And that created a lot of buzz, a lot of investment, a lot of focus on uh, transforming the way businesses pay other businesses in the accounts payable space. And so with that incentive, you know, led to the first move happening on the AP side of the house, so to speak. And unintentionally, when that first move happened, uh, you know, processes started changing. The way in which businesses started to think about different ways they could pay vendors via things like virtual card or via private networks or via you know, their modalities. Um, it really wasn't you know, contemplated how suppliers would interact with these new forms of payments, how they would support them and, and what types of processes would need to be enacted or implemented on the AR side to accommodate these payments in a timely, in a timely fashion. So I really do believe it was kind of the, the first mover on the AP side and design different ways that were really conducive and really uh, you know, motivating for finance leaders and accounts be able to you know, make changes happen, but it really wasn't reflected uh, in the AR side as to you know, how these changes would, would impact 
you know, trade relationships. And I think we're seeing that imbalance uh, as more and more AP automation and digital transformation in the payable space has occurred. And we're now seeing the desire uh, from our side, especially uh, for AR side departments and players and providers uh, to really balance uh, the transaction, so to speak, to make it conducive for all parties participating in electronic transactions. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I think that balance is what we're all after, right? Um, understanding both sides of the, the network or both sides of the transaction. But let's talk about why this issue actually is so important. We, we both know it's out there, right? So we're still seeing uh, in the B2B space over 40% of payments being made on paper check. I mean, it's wild, right? So let's be honest, no one wants that. But finding that balance and that equilibrium between the two sides, knowing they often have competing interests is really tough. Um, so we all know we could benefit from this, right? Um, most notably your customers, the suppliers, my customers, the buyers. So it's super important that we get this put in place so that we all move off of that dreaded paper check that we all want. And, uh, knowing what all has transpired over the last two years with COVID and one would think that this would have been accelerated, right? Um, so what's your take on the importance of finding this balance between the two sides of the transaction? Yeah, so I think the, the importance is we're now recognizing the opportunity, right, in terms of both sides for AP and AR. If we if we achieve that digital state of commerce of transactions, you know, commerce flows more more quickly, meaning, you know, you can as a buyer get your goods and services faster, right? Because your supplier's not waiting on a payment or waiting on, you know, a transaction to uh, release more credit on your in your in your trade financing line, perhaps with the supplier. Um, so we know we know for the buy side, it's important to have transactions flow quickly. Checks are not fast, right? So the supplier, digital can mean faster capital back into their business so they can make payroll, they can buy their own goods and services, they can invest in their business. Um, and, and digital represents that option and that opportunity as well as ideally less cost, meaning if they do not have to intervene when it comes to a paper-based transaction, they have succeeded in their AR department. However, you know, as we we're just talking about with, you know, AP developments around new payment modalities and uh, virtual cards, especially even ACHs um, are often more problematic and challenging for suppliers to receive because money will come into the bank, right? Or the merchant account and the remittance, the data that tells the supplier, tells the AR department, what the heck is my buyer paying me for is often decoupled from the money. Unlike check where you're getting that, that, payment mechanism and instrument in the mail with the data that tells you what invoices are being paid with that check. So the decoupled nature has really left a certain taste in the mouth of the AR department saying, electronic isn't so great because I'm not achieving these outcomes that I'd hoped, right? Automation, touchless transactions, even faster payments because I'm manually having to recouple or bring these transactions, money and data back together and post them and process them in my system. So I think what's happened is, you know, we've, we've recognized the opportunity but that, that map as to how both sides get to that destination of touchless and fast transactions has been so unclear as to you know, how to navigate this. And I think that that is where the opportunity lies for buy side and sell side or AP or, and AR uh, participants to work together to kind of forge those gaps and make that path towards digital transformation achievable. Uh, and I think that's, that's largely what's going to be required to, to continue to chip away at, at the the dominance that is the paper check in the mix of B2B payments in, in especially the United States. Yeah, I would agree with you. And, and if you think about 
what is it? And you described it there very well. What what is it about that paper check that people are still clinging to? Why does it still work? And my sense is that it's because it's the standard. So issuing banks, AP shops, all cut checks that look and, and feel mostly the same. The remittance is mostly the same when it comes to that check, largely using old traditional lock boxes. So you mentioned earlier, you've got different payment types flowing into your customers, but you also have different remittance styles and, and, and files coming into your customer. Talk about that a bit and how, do you think that's ultimately the, the answer there is to get to that ubiquity? And is it standardization like a check, but in some digital format? Yeah, so super interesting topic, right? In the sense of as much as we beat up on the check in this, in this industry, it is quite ubiquitous. And, and, and the fact that it is so universally, universally accepted in the sense of a supplier and the AR department, they know how to take checks, right? And there are only so many permutations of a check that can be presented to them. So they've got processes that, that accommodate how to, how to take and process a check. On the AP side, what do you need in order to send a, a check? Really just a mailing address of a supplier, right? And of course, your bank account to fund that check. So it is straightforward. It's expensive. It's slow. There's, there's, there's risk tied to fraud with check, right? So it is not the most optimal modality, right, uh, to make a payment. But it works, right? And so as we think about optimizing and we think about what is ideal state, digital, fast, low risk, low fraud, right, um, touchless, um, that is all, those are all criteria for what we think about when we design the perfect payment, right? Uh, or we think about what could be the perfect payment. And you mentioned something very important, right, which is standards. I think the US compared to other markets around the world is, is different in the sense that there are less standards driving uh, consistency when it comes to how businesses pay other businesses or businesses receive payments from their from their business customers. And so in absence of those standards, and I think we're kind of, we're in a point of maturity in our B2B ecosystem, especially in North America, where it is going to be extraordinarily hard to get all these millions of businesses that are already using different ERPs or accounting systems or different banks or different um, financial technology providers to somehow come back to one standard or very few standards. It's, it's one of those things that if that happens, it's going to be a long, long time, right? And so it, well, what do we do now? What do we do in the absence of standards? And I think that that is where interoperability is key because if we can figure out ways to create interactions, integrations between buy side systems on the AP side and on the AR side, we're going to create kind of those opportunities to translate the data, translate those payment uh, and settlement mechanisms into ways that just work for your buyers, for our suppliers, and other partners that we may work with in the space. So interoperability is probably the key thing versus a standard in allowing us to gain, um, I wouldn't say ubiquity, but I would say transformation and adoption of uh, AP and AR side processes to electronic beyond what we've accomplished today as, as an industry. Yeah, I'm on your side on this one. I mean, historically, the states have never been done too well at adopting anything. If you look at specifically within payments, if you look at even something as seemingly as easy or simple as EMV, right? And how long it took us here in the States to even adopt that sort of technology. Sure, there was a cost associated, but we were slow adopters compared to other countries. Um, but you bring up a good point, right? So if you think about using EMV as, as an analogy here from a standardization or just some sort of consistency in that mechanism, 
the brands really took that head on. Um, we're seeing we're seeing the brands hop into this side of the equation as well. There are other interests such as the clearinghouse, et cetera, that are really trying to sort this out and, and build that single pipe, so to speak, or at least some sort of, um, you know, some sort of like normalized experience for both sides of the transaction. And we're seeing other instances where accounts payable and accounts receivable companies are working together to make that better. Um, so I don't know that all of our listeners know this, but bottom line and bill trust actually work together in the marketplace and, and partially because we benefit from focusing on AP and that's the message we take to our buyers. So organizations such as bill trust have, have really helped propel our adoption to card because you're providing that experience. It, it helps for more satisfied customers on our side and ultimately better communication. So Nick, obviously this relationship aside, what do you see in the market in general about AP and AR working more closely together? And will it take really all of us coming together to do this or can it be done kind of bit by bit? Sure. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to riff on your EMV analogy to answer that question, right? And so EMV was a compelling event where, like you said, the brands recognized the tremendous opportunity to reduce uh, physical card fraud, right? And so the brands were really leading that that change in the ecosystem but what the brands recognized is oh my goodness we need lots of lots of participation to change cardholder behavior we need to get emv enabled chip enabled cards into the hands of cardholders and we don't necessarily believe that people that are going to the parties that are going to get new cards in the hands of cardholders are going to be the same parties succeeding at getting the coffee shop at getting the major retail brands at getting all those different locations that you actually use card to actually change their their physical terminals, right? The devices to accept card. So taking the EMV example forward, it's you know very, very similar in AR and AP. There's not gonna be one party that succeeds in getting all business payers to adopt digital form of payment. There's not gonna be one party that succeeds in getting millions and millions of businesses around the world to accept you know, electronic forms of payment in a similar fashion. So it really is going to be an effort around coordinated parties in this ecosystem working together because from our perspective at Bill Trust, we love working with partners like Bottomline because you make our lives easier. You are working with buyers to convince them of the benefits of electronic payments. And then our suppliers that we work with directly benefit from that because they're saying, gosh, it is so great that there are other forces out there helping me get paid faster and convincing my buyers to give me data in a way that it makes these transactions touchless. So it's, it's critical, right? Collaboration and interoperability is critical because we all represent different sides of the transaction, different size buyers, different size suppliers, sometimes different vertical markets, different geographies. Um, and if we really want to see that massive, massive shift in that digital transformation of the AP to AR space, it is going to require all of us to recognize that there are participants out there that can accelerate our own success and the success of our customers. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I you know, I think back to why we don't have this adoption. We we have these parties working together. I think it's the evolution of this is absolutely occurring. I think we're starting to see, even in the payable side, we're starting to see where we're getting more uh, suppliers that are open to acceptance because of services that companies like Bill Trust are providing. But there still exist pain points and friction in the process. We talked earlier about uh, the different payment types. We talked earlier about the different remittance types, but let's hone in and focus on some of these critical friction points that organizations such as ourselves are looking to solve. And I'll be honest with you, on the payable side, the incentive is there. So our buyers are reaping monetary benefits by actually going to an electronic payment type. Um, on your end of the equation, 
there are benefits uh, and they are tangible, but they're tougher to explain because there's a cost associated with that. So if we start thinking about specific friction points and different pain points in this transaction, and I'm thinking really more so card at this point, virtual cards um, for, for electronic payments, cost has to be addressed, right? I think even our friends within the card brands would agree that. But to me, that seems the primary barrier to entrance is actually getting getting that cost where it's something that's palatable, but it also makes sense. Um, and then I'd say the second thing to that, right, is 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 really helping to deliver that remittance in a good sense where they can pick that up. So on that front of pain points and, and us trying to get to this utopian experience for both sides, talk to me about what you think those unique pain points for AR and perhaps even how folks like us on the payable side should be thinking about how to help mutually solve these problems. Sure. So I think you, you highlighted a number of very interesting you know, considerations there for suppliers to participate in uh, electronic transactions. You know, card certainly being one of the more exciting buy side, AP side opportunities to digitize payables. Um, but on the, on the AR side, you know, card is often looked at with, you know, lots of questions, right? Is there, is there value in my business as a supplier taking card, right? And along with that macro question is a lot of kind of secondary thoughts, which is, is my customer going to pay me faster? Or conversely, if I don't take this card, will my customer buy elsewhere? Right. Um, if I take a card, does it truly eliminate that AR clerk, that cash application manager from having to touch the transaction? Or will there still be an email at the end of the day? Right. Or if there's a way that I engage with an AP side party or with my buyer directly to enact some kind of straight through processing, is that process going to be a one off for me? Or can I really look at you know, applying that straight through processing approach with all buyers, regardless of issuer, regardless of AP, you know, technology. And I think that that is all, you know, really floating to the minds of the AR community right now as more and more buyers and more and more AP side participants move towards virtual card. So I think that ultimately it's, it's right now card in one way is being treated like a one size fits all option for suppliers, meaning here's, here's the virtual card and here's the price which I think is problematic. Um, there are things like, you know, level three, there's starting to be more things like proprietary inter interchange rates. I, but ultimately my, my point is that there just needs to be flexibility because not you and I don't pay the same price for all of our solutions. We, we pay different prices based on the need that we have or something. Um, we, we look at the attributes and how they meet up with our pain points. I think flexibility is going to ultimately be a key requirement for the expansion of card where cards make sense. Uh, but I also think when going back to the one size fits all, it's, it's, it's simply not because every virtual card, depending on which platform issues it or sends it looks different. And so I think that there's, there's going to be a need for us to try and insulate the AR departments, which is what we're really focusing on right now from if a customer wants to pay with card, customer wants to pay with ACH, if a customer wants to pay with wire or some other electronic modality like pay mode X, you know, we are, we believe our, our hypothesis is the more that we can insulate AR departments from all the different types of electronic options their buyers adopt and use, if we can insulate them from the kind of the differences and the characteristics of each of them so that at the end of the day, the supplier gets paid as quickly as possible with as little touch as possible, they're going to start to look at the cost associated with those payments as an investment, right? An investment in reducing manual labor, an investment in getting paid faster so they don't need to rely on other forms of you know, credit through, through a lender or debt or other forms of financing that 
certainly as interest rates climb, are going to be a factor. So the more that we can focus on the needs of the supplier and not just the incentives of the buyer, it's going to help us shift away from just saying, okay, it's purely interchange, that's top of mind. It's going to be the all-in considerations of, you know, uh, everything I just mentioned that's top, kind of top of mind for the supplier, if that makes sense. I, it, it absolutely does. I mean, there's there's an inflection point here that ultimately needs to happen. I, I mean, coming, you know, sitting on the issuing side and the payable side of the house, I mean, I, I would be remiss to not say that we have appreciated the interchange revenues for years in this, right? But we're just not getting the adoption that we need. And so I think providing those tools, providing scalable tools, right, and, and normalizing that experience as you just described is key for this. So we're nearing the end of the time here, Nick, and I want to leave the last question for you. Can you give us two or three takeaways that are the most important to build trust right here and right now around this? Yeah, certainly. I think it, whether it's for build trust, whether it's for you know AR departments that we work with across mid-market and enterprise organizations, I think the first is to recognize that you know we talked about this earlier. It's it's going to be collaboration. It's going to be coordinating with you know other players in the ecosystem to help our buyers, help our suppliers transform their financial processes. Um, because again, there are millions of businesses out there and working together to help these counterparties is going to be critical uh, because at the end of the day, we succeed when we help them you know, build really strong trade relationships among one another. When we can help facilitate the commerce and the transactions and the interactions between one another to the point and to the extent where they don't really have to even think about the payment, right? You know, we're all as a consumer so excited about the notion of Hey, one day if I can go into one of these Amazon Go stores, I don't have to wait in a queue or a checkout line and think about you know, pulling a card or something else out of my wallet or even pulling my phone. I can just walk out. You know, that's when technology is succeeding, right? We're, we're eliminating time otherwise spent doing you know, meaningless activities like waiting to do a checkout. So my point there is the more the technology works together in the AP and AR space, we're going to be doing our job of making payments less of a consideration for these buyers and suppliers so they can just go about running their businesses, interacting with one another uh, successfully without a lot of manual intervention. So number one is collaboration and inter interoperability. Number two, and I think bottom line pay mode from our perspective does a great job of this, which is recognizing that you need to have flexible options. Again, one solution does not serve the needs of all trade relationships. So thinking about that mix or that blend of options that's going to accommodate accommodate buyers and their needs, accommodate suppliers and their needs, uh, accommodate systems, right? Because buyers or suppliers may be using a variety of accounting systems or ERPs or banking relationships. So recognizing the need to be flexible as a solutions provider is what we have seen as key in success with our partnerships with our clients and partnerships with organizations like Bottomline. Um, and I guess finally, it really, at the end of the day, it's about the customer success. We think there's staying power in relationships uh, when you really focus on what their their ultimate outcomes that they're trying to seek are, right? So for our AR side, it is reducing expense, right? It's reducing risk. It's helping their business grow, right? You might think about back office automation as simply just a cost reduction play, but really, if you think about where AP and AR sits, like on the AR side, if you are not helping AR departments and CFOs and treasurers get paid by their customers in at least friction in the most frictionless process possible or way possible their buyers may choose to buy elsewhere because they don't want to invest the time to figure out how to pay their suppliers so you know we think growth is an important outcome of air automation and on the ap side i'm certain that you all are thinking about the outcomes 
for your own buyers, their organizations, the CFOs, the accounts payable directors, finance managers, you know, and helping them drive not only cost reduction, but risk, you know, improve the risk stance. And then certainly where you can grow revenue through rebates and incentives, you know, all the better. And so I think just focusing on the outcomes of the participants in our ecosystem is, is probably the third and final takeaway, I would say, is, is key for hopefully our audience members that are, are thinking about AP and AR transformation like we are. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's certainly not a small hill to climb. And all of us in this space have been trying to to really get through this for years and years. And I think it's going to take, you know, cooperation from all of us is what I heard. Um, I think we have to find a scalable solution in this. So Nick, I appreciate your time today. Fantastic conversation. Always good talking to you. Um, and so folks, that was the latest payments podcast. And again, my name is Justin Corum, Senior Director of Partnerships here at Paymodex at Bottom Line. And today, my partner on how to add AR to the automation mix has been Nick Babinski, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Bill Trust Business Payments Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.